Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Black Women Amplified, the podcast. Your host, Monica Wisdom Tyson, brings you downloadable conversations that matter to women around the globe. We discuss all things black girl magic, amplify our voices, and transform our challenges into triumphs. Monica calls on her league of extraordinary women to push our boundaries, share their expertise, and stories of personal transformation. Welcome your host of Black Women Amplified, Monica Wisdom Tyson. What's up, Black Women Amplified? This is your girl, Monica Wisdom, back with you today with another episode. How are you all doing? Like, how are you doing really? Do you ask yourself, like, look in the mirror and say, how are you doing, girl? Or how are you doing? And really wait for the answer. (laughs) I don't find myself doing that very often, asking myself how I'm doing. But maybe I should add that to my routine. I'm happy to be back with you today. For those, this is your first time listening. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are welcome to come, enjoy the experience. And if you love it, share it with your friends and go back and visit older episodes. We're in season two and we are focusing this season on Black women in the arts. I've had some great interviews with people and have some other interviews coming out that I've had that are about to be edited, as well as future episodes that I need to record. And I'm telling you, this podcast has been a blessing. I really, really love how it's evolving. I'm loving hearing your responses and your feedback. And thank you for the five-star ratings on Apple. I really appreciate that. It helped to get the word out because when people artists, entertainers, writers, authors, all the people, business people are looking for places to lend their voice to. It gives some validity when people like you share their experience on Apple Podcasts or whatever your favorite platform is to listen to the podcast. It lets them know that this is a good space. It's a safe space and you're going to have a great conversation and a great time. And even the feedback I've gotten from the people I've interviewed, from Eric Roberson to Jane Allen, they have loved the experience of having a conversation on the Black Women Amplified podcast. And I'm just, y'all don't know. (laughs) This was so hard to birth for me because I was nervous about putting my voice out there on these podcast streets I'm not Michelle Obama. I'm not Princess Megan. I'm just a girl from St. Louis, a River City queen. And I got something to say. And I'm curious and I get excited about talking to people that I admire. I get inspired myself. So it's a two-way street over here. I just, one thing I want to do, make really, really clear, because people are listening and they're wanting to get on the podcast. And I've had lots of people reaching out to me. This is not a business podcast. I may do one in the future, but this is a podcast that's focused on women's empowerment and amplifying the stories of Black women. So if you're ready to be vulnerable and share your story from an honest, pure, core place, this is your spot. And I've noticed that people like the series aspect of it. 
So if I do a women in business series, I will be happy to hear your story. So please reach out. But it's not a business podcast. I'm not like Nicole Walters or any of those other business gurus out there. Now, I'm an entrepreneur and I've been doing it for 30 years and I know business, but it's not where I get my juice from. (laughs) Even when I teach in business, it's helping women tell their stories, not necessarily to build their business from the all the acronyms that go with business. I don't even know what they mean. I have to ask people, what is the KPI? Okay, because I don't speak acronym. It's not my thing. <laughs> so I just wanted to make that clear. If you want to come and share your story, and if it's in within the series context of what I'm doing, then it's a possibility I can plug you in, but this ain't that. <laughs> I think there are plenty of business podcasts out there, but my focus is primarily to archive and share these incredible stories of women that are out there doing incredible things that you may not have heard of before. So anyway, that's that disclaimer. But today, I'm always getting asked this question, how do you get your confidence? And I know I've talked about confidence before, but I really want to dive deep into my journey of gaining my confidence because it's not something I've always had. And I don't know if it's confidence or I just stop caring about what people think, but we're going to couch it under confidence. And I know we did an episode with Dr. Stephanie where we talked about confidence and she gave her professional perspective, but I just wanted to tell you my story and my journey of confidence. And if you want to go back to listen to Dr. Stephanie's episode, please do, because it's a great one. She's a physician and a life coach. She's one of the top life coaches in the country, according to Yahoo. Yes, Yahoo, the website Yahoo. According to them, she's in their one top 1%. So the information she's giving is certified. But... I wanted to share my journey of confidence because I know that I have young people in my life that are always, auntie, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? Or they watch and observe me and it gives them permission to be their fullest selves. That's always my intention. Even when I don't feel like being my full self to make sure that I show them all the aspects of me so they know that they can be all the aspects of them. But my journey to confidence took a while. And for a long time, I didn't realize that I lacked confidence because in my lane of the hair world and the worlds that I was in, I'm the bomb. But I noticed that when new opportunities came up that I didn't quite understand it, I shied away from it. Things that could have been very lucrative for me or very putting me in a different position in life. I shied away from it. Some of it was my intuition, like maybe this is the thing for me. But some of the things I look back, I really could have done it. But I don't know why I didn't shy, why I didn't take it on, and why I shied away from it. So I wanted to dig deeper and share with you, the listening audience, in hopes that maybe you'll do a journey of self-discovery and figure out what aspects of your life that you want to improve on or even just take a look at. Like, why do I do this or why do I do that? The one thing that one of my master teachers always taught me, Betty Spruill, she always said, make sure you ask the right questions. (laughs) 
And I can't get the depth or the power of her voice as I'm saying this, but just imagine Maya Angelou saying this because I would ask her questions and she would say, Monica, that is not the right question. And I also have a friend who's an attorney and every time I asked him something, he would answer my question. But that's not the answer I wanted. He said, well, you need to learn to ask the right questions. <laughs> I was like, okay, let me figure out this question thing so I can ask myself the right questions. And so the title of this episode is Got Confidence? One thing I learned about anything that happens with us psychologically or physically, that we have muscles that we can train. Our brain is a muscle that we can train just like our body. It was something that I had to learn. And it was a conversation that was happening inside of me constantly. Like asking myself, why did I say no to that? Or why did I say yes to that? Why is this making me so miserable? Why am I frustrated? But one thing I had to do is I had to go back and really do a journey of self-discovery and go through my life to pinpoint why things triggered me. It's not that just I'm triggered. Why am I triggered? And I do believe that we are born with everything we need to make life happen. I just do. But I think that circumstances, situations, disappointments, heartbreaks erode at our confidence and our self-esteem and how we feel about ourselves. It's one of the things that when I looked at how my life is at this age, it's like I've made some wrong turns. I've made some right turns. I've course corrected myself. And I knew where I got that strength from. But I wanted to know where I got my confidence from because people continue to ask me. Like, how can you just say that to people? Because <laughs> if you know me, know, know me, I'm very direct. People ask me a question, I give them the answer from my heart in a very direct way. I forgot to turn my heat off. So if you hear it in the background, that's just what it is. <laughs> it's cold. So one aspect or area of my life that I noticed that I needed to like tighten up this confidence game or gain some confidence was when I went to a conference in 2015. I wanted to know more about this internet world. Like how are people sitting on their computers and making millions of dollars? How? In 2015, they weren't sharing the answers, the people, the powers that be or whatever you call it. They were just showing, oh, I'm flying off to Madagascar. I made sleep money today. I made $10,000 today. And now I'm going to go swimming in the deep blue sea. Like how? <laughs> Nobody was giving away their secrets at this time. So I went to a conference by Lisa Nichols called Speak and Write. And Speak and Write was a well-oiled machine. But I tell you what, I felt like a fish out of water. Ooh, I got there, it was a room full of people and they seemingly had all their stuff together. And here I was, this bumpkin plucked out of the Midwest. And I was like, oh, what did I do? What did I sign up for? I had no idea. I had no idea what I was doing. 
And here I am sitting next to these people that are making lots of money. I still couldn't figure out how. And I even sat next to a man who was from India, who had flown in from India to come to Lisa Nichols' conference. And I asked him, I said, how do you make your money? He said, I have a website. Okay. So I'm thinking maybe he has a store or he sells a product. He said, I sell happiness. How do you make money from selling happiness? He said, people want to be happy and I give them information and they pay me for it. He showed me the website. It was one of the most simple websites I had ever seen. I still am not clear on how he made his money, but he showed me his numbers. He was making the money. He was making tens of thousands of dollars every month from this one website. I said, you have another business? He's like, no, I just do this. The nicest man, he was very happy. (laughs) So whatever he was selling worked. He was genuinely happy. But it was one of those things where I was like, okay, I have got to figure this out. Even at the conference I met, and this is what really triggered me to, oh, I got to do something about this. This is a mess. I met Steve Harvey's business manager. He's the business manager that garnered Steve Harvey some of his biggest deals. So somebody like Steve Harvey is a wonderful personality, but he has a whole team behind him that makes the magic happen. And I remember meeting him and I said, hey, I would like to do X, Y, Z. He's like, sure, let's make it happen. When he said, sure, let's make it happen, my whole heart sank (laughs) into my feet. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, what? He said, yes, I'm so used to people saying no, or I'm, you know, just that, that little bit of courage I had to ask the question was all that I had. And so from the rest of the conference, I avoided him. It's just the truth. He gave me this information. I never followed through. I was a fish out of water. And here's the thing. It wasn't even that, well, I didn't know how to garner a deal. I've never... Everything I've ever done has been in my world, the world of hair, some aspects of the world of music, some aspects of the world of publishing, but it's always been in my narrow lane of life. So to go outside of it, I didn't know how to translate my skills and my knowledge into another area. So I shied away from it and avoided it. How many opportunities have I missed out on? How many opportunities have you missed out on not thinking you had the skills or the knowledge or the know-how to get it done in an area that you're not familiar with? So I wanted to take a deep dive into wondering why I shied away from that. So I did. The one thing that I learned from Lisa Nichols conference is about affirmations. And when I did the journey of self-discovery to figure out, because I had learned a technique from my meditation teacher who teaches transcendental meditation. This is a sidebar story, but I think I've told it before. I don't know. But anyway, in context of this story, she taught me how to go back. So if you're triggered by something, you're not really triggered by the something that's happening in this moment. There's a trigger it's connecting to that has happened to you in the past. So she showed me how to go back and go back 
and go back until you get to the core trigger that really is the problem. (laughs) So I lack confidence in this engagement with Steve Harvey's business manager. And I wanted to know where that came from. So I went back and I was transported back to this time with my dad. And my dad has, I realized, has had such a, even though he's been gone since I was 27, he passed away, has had such a big impact on how I live my life. The decisions that I make, the men that I date, all the choices. He has had such a strong influence unknowingly. He's like the force. (laughs) You know, when they say the force is with you, like my dad is with me. And... So I had to shed that. I spent a lot of time in this last 365 days shedding that. (laughs) I want to make choices on my own for myself based on what I want out of life, not the life that my parents wanted for me. That's a whole nother conversation. So one day, I think I was maybe 21. Had to be 21. My dad passed when I was 27. So I was about 21 years old and this opportunity came. It was a huge opportunity for me to open up a salon with a friend. And we had this building. It was only $15,000. Now, this was in an area of my city that was not developed yet. Now it's a big theater district. This is before it was developed, and the Catholic Church was selling one of their buildings. And it was a place where they housed people that worked for the Catholic Church. So it was a house. But it was in the middle of a business district, and we knew that it was about to, this area was about to be developed and blow up. So the building was $15,000. I didn't have $15,000. I needed $15,000. And then my friend was going to have $15,000. So we would have, we'd be able to purchase the building outright. It was in great shape. I think the only problem is there was asbestos. So we had to remove the asbestos. Now, so I needed the money. I didn't have the money. So I went to my dad. I knew he, I didn't know if he had it or not, but I knew he had friends that had money because he was an entrepreneur and I knew he went to, I was with him when he would ask people to, he needed money. So I said to him, hey, I have this opportunity to open up my own business. I'll be following your footsteps. I remember vividly, he was in the bed and I sat in the chair next to the bed and was like, I want to talk to you. And he was, his back was to me because that's what he was, he was watching TV. And so he turned the TV down and I started telling him my vision and the opportunity. Child, that man turned over and said, who's going to want to invest in you? You're just a hairdresser. My heart dropped to my feet and I think I might've cried for three days. (laughs) Like at that moment, I didn't know what to do. I really did not know what to do. But in that moment, I felt unworthy. I felt disregarded and I felt completely defeated. And that was the moment I took that dream and just tucked it away. I actually just discarded it. I was like, he must be right. My dad is a genius. He's a PharmD, pharmacist, doctor of pharmacology. He's been a real estate agent. He was the head of NAACP in his town. He's done all these magnificent things and he would know better than me. So of course I believed him. He was my dad. He was a mess. (laughs) 
But it took me a long time to realize how much that moment, that traumatic moment, shaped so many decisions that I made. So I had to do a lot of work around that once I discovered that's what it is. And the one thing I did was develop an affirmation for that. And it really helped me understand how the brain shifts and changes. My affirmation became, I am worthy. When I finished Lisa Nichols' conference, feeling like a a fish out of water, and knowing that I passed up another opportunity, based off of the belief that I had of what my father said, I was like, I got to get this together. So I came home. She took us through an exercise at her conference about affirmations and how they worked on the brain and how it would help to reshape the brain. If you ever watch this movie, What the Bleep, I suggest everybody watch it. It's one of those woo-woo movies, but it talks about quantum physics and how we how our brain works. So it's under, you know, people know how their arms work, people know how their legs work, but we really need to get into an understanding of how our brain works. And once you understand how your brain works, you have the ability to change your mindset about a lot of things. So the opening for me changing my mindset was that affirmation, I am worthy. So when I got home, I took out my lipstick and I wrote it on my bathroom mirror. I am worthy. So when I'm brushing my teeth or putting on my makeup or getting ready for the morning, I'm just saying it. I am worthy. I am worthy. When I'm out and about and I feel like, you know, that lump that comes in your throat when something happens, I just close my eyes. I am worthy. I'm, I'm saying it to myself. In my head, I am worthy. And the one thing I notice is that over time, because it does take time, it's not a microwave mindset moment, I started to notice that I was speaking up more. I was saying yes more. And it was a subtle change, but it was a change indeed. And that began with learning about affirmations and how they work. Now, here's the thing. Even if you don't have confidence, courage (laughs) will help you go in a lot of different directions. Okay? So courage will help you jump over the fear. Courage will help you rebuild the layers of your confidence because it pushes you past the fears, the obstacles, and the circumstances that you're in. Because oftentimes the circumstances that we think we're in are really just in our mind. We think we know what people are thinking. We don't really know. We build up a lot of assumptions of what we think people think about us. In that sense, we think a little too much of ourselves. (laughs) But if you realize they're thinking about themselves. And you're thinking about yourself. Have you ever seen the movie Crash? The movie Crash is a perfect example of that. Most of the times we're fighting the assumptions we think are happening. But they're not really happening. They're in our mind. So courage, I call it the monkey in your mind, helps you push back that monkey in your mind that develops imposter syndrome or develops a lack of confidence, a lack of self-esteem. You know, when you're in relationships that you shouldn't be in for this long or when you're in business situations a little too long. 
Sometimes you just have to have the courage to say, I'm done. You might not have the confidence. You might not know what you're doing. Because here's the thing. People assume that people who do well in life has a, have a lot of confidence. What they have a lot of is courage. They have a lot of, I'm going to do it anyway. I think we have to make the distinction that the conf- people who are successful are not necessarily confident. I've been around a lot of people. They have a lot of self-doubt. <laughs> They're doing magnificent things because they have the skill and the talent to do it. And they're confident in their skill and their talent, but they might not necessarily feel like they belong where they are. And then there's a lot of people who don't have a lot of talent or skill or knowledge, but they have a lot of confidence and they do it anyway. So should I mention Twitter? (laughs) It's a perfect time to mention Twitter. Elon Musk has a lot of confidence, even though he doesn't have the skill to run a business clearly. There's a lot of mediocre people out there building huge companies because of their courage and their confidence in themselves. I think as black people, we always try to wait for the perfect scenario, like everything has to be in place to get things done. But the truth of the matter is sometimes you could run past the finish line, but you weren't the fastest run of the race before because it's about the mindset. And confidence is a muscle that we can build. And it's the thing we have to do every day. If you want to have a six-pack, you have to work on your six-pack every day. Now, some people have a natural six-pack. Some people can do it three days a week. But some of us, (laughs) it's an everyday journey. And for me, confidence is an everyday journey because of my life experiences. I'm constantly looking at myself and seeing what's wrong with me. And it took me a lot of time to look at myself and see what is right with me, what is good about me, what is beautiful about me. Growing up a fluffy girl, a big girl, a black girl in this country is challenging. And it takes a lot of courage just to walk out the door and to come back home. It takes a lot of courage to be able to see yourself of the truth and magnificence of who you are, not just in this world, but to yourself, to your family, to your friends. And so because we get inundated with all of these messages outside of our life experience, we lose our confidence and we may shy away from things that we know we have the ability to do. We know we have the skills to do. We know we have the the talent to do it but we shy away from it. And we can call it many different things. We can call it imposter syndrome. We can call it, of course, we're dealing with systemic racism. And of course, we're dealing with people's biases against us, our expectations and their stereotypes. But when you have the wall of confidence in front of you, none of that matters because you're going to ask for it anyway. You're going to go for it anyway. You're going to move forward anyway. And you're going to find a way to get where you want to get to. I think about the story of how Viola Davis got Woman King done when so many people told her no, even though she's an award-winning actress. She's put out this body of work that is far and above most people in Hollywood. Her range and her depth is beyond. She's television. She's film. She's done all the things right 
And they still told her no. But she had the confidence in her project. She had the confidence in herself. And she leaped over those no's and created an amazing film that opened up all over the world. And has had mass success all over the world. And she did that being a black woman, a black woman that comes from poverty and adversity, if you've read her book and listened to her interviews, a dark-skinned black woman and a woman. All of those obstacles in front of her, and she took she had the courage and the confidence to move past it. And seven years later, we're sitting down watching the fruit of her work. Now, I want to just give you a few ways that I help build my confidence and maybe it'll help you. We'll all develop our own way of getting it done. This is just my way and I'm just sharing it. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a life coach. I'm just sharing my experience of what worked for me. Before I even got into the understanding of what it was, affirmations helped me really just see myself differently constantly telling myself that I am worthy. I had abandonment issues from my dad. I had abandonment issues from my mother. All types of things have happened to me. And and I've told a little bit of my story and I probably never tell the whole story. It's just too much. It's too much for me to tell. And people like, tell your story. I'm like, okay. (laughs) It's like, but in a part of it is, it's just a whole nother life. It feels like a whole different person. I honestly feel like when I tell my story, I'm talking about somebody else. So affirmations help me to understand that I am worthy because I've said that affirmation for years and I started taking personal responsibility for myself. Stop looking out of myself for reasons or blame. Like I could blame a whole lot of people, but the truth of the matter is none of that helps me. There were people that are engaged and involved in situations that happened to me, and I can still play into that, but I had to move away from it and say, okay, what is my role in this, and where do I need to move into forgiveness and personal responsibility? Because that is where I find the power to take over my life, despite what has happened to me. And the other thing I did was I had to have the courage to look within my life, to know how the incident with Steve Harvey's business manager connected right back to my conversation with my father. Even though he was saying the opposite of my dad, I was still hearing what my dad said. And I had to let that go. I really had to look within and take a self-discovery journey And that's where I discovered those, the core of those triggers that I had. Because I had asked myself, you know, everybody pops off. People are like, oh, she's so sassy. She's so this. What I was was triggered. (laughs) I wanted to stop being the girl that always had something slick to say or something smart to say or pop off at any minute or really get in somebody's face and get them told. I didn't want to be that girl anymore. I got tired of fighting and being angry. So my journey of self-discovery helped me quell those impulses that I had developed because they are impulses and they're impulses that our brain develops over time. It's a muscle that had developed. Popping off was a muscle I had developed. 
cussing people out was a muscle I developed. I got tired of fighting. And so I got tired of being angry. It's exhausting to be angry and mad all the time. It takes so, it ages us. It takes our energy away from us. It is something that really, 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 really harms us in the end. I need to get people told. I need to prove who I am. I need to people to acknowledge me. I need people to hear me. But you know what I learned about that? People stop listening when you always got something to say. You know who people listen to? Maya Angelou. She only speaks when necessary. Now, when she was younger, she had a lot of pop off on her. But it came to the point where her wisdom and her knowledge took over. So the quieter she got, people had to lean in to hear her speak. That's the piece, the point where I wanted to get into my life. That's the level of confidence I am thriving for. That when I get quiet and I get centered, I say what is necessary to say in the moment with grace and honoring myself, honoring my ancestors, and honoring the situation. And so one thing that I really learned how to do And really quailing my responses was asking myself, will this matter in five years? Will me cussing him out matter in five years? Will me standing up for myself matter in five years? If it's about my money and my life, will this moment matter in five years? Will I even remember it in five years? Will they remember it in three days? And if the answer came back to me as I was talking to myself in my head in the moment of wanting to pop off, if the answer was no, I just got quiet. And the more I got quiet, so did my life become quiet because I am the architect of my life. You are the architect of your life. And I'm not talking about a quiet rage that we hold in and oppress. I mean, not really giving a damn. Because that is the best part. Apathy, that's the best revenge. Like, I don't care. Do you, boo. I'm going to go over here and do me. And that's the point of mastery, is understanding your energy, understanding that you have a choice in how to be in this moment. But it's a choice that you have to cultivate. It's a choice and a muscle that you have to develop Just like you develop your arms, just like you develop your abs, just like you develop the skills you have for your job, it takes time, energy, reflection, self-discovery. It takes all of those things. And I'm not talking about even in social justice, because I did the social justice thing. The one thing I decided for myself is it wasn't healthy to be angry all the time. It just wasn't. There are different ways to get the message out for me. I did the anger piece. I did the marching piece. I did all of that. And you know what it left me with? Alopecia. I didn't have a cycle for three months. I couldn't sleep. I didn't eat. I didn't take care of myself. It left me raw and unprotected mentally. So I had to find another way and another method. And for those who can do that work continuously, I applaud you. I am here to support you in any way that I can. But for me, in order to save myself and to be stronger for other people, I had to really say, 
my path is over here. We can be just as effective quietly as we can being loud. It's all necessary. I'm not putting anything or anyone down. I've done it and I realize for my health and well-being, it does not work. So I have to ask myself, will this matter in five years? So I'm not talking about social justice work. That's a whole different thing. What I am talking about is self-preservation. And the most important thing, speaking of self-preservation, is I had to learn to put myself first. Oh, what does that mean? But I have to be here for my church, and I have to be here for my kids, and I have to be here for my husband. I have to be here for my friends. I get it. I used to think that too. But here's the deal. Putting yourself first is not being selfish. It's not being selfless. It's being about yourself. And it's about trust. It's about you pray every day. You trust God. Trusting that God will take care of the people in your life. Because here's what we do as black women. We are conditioned to be servants of other people not be of service. Being of service means you always have a choice. And you say, oh, I choose to spend 40 hours a week at, in this organization or go to every conference and meeting of that organization. And then by the end of the day, I can't breathe. I'm so tired. I'm too tired to breathe. <laughs> I just wanted to stop. But here's the thing. You have the choice. When I used to do all of those things, it was a decision that I made when I said, you know what, I'm going to devote quarters. I'm going to pick one entity and they get three months. And then I will pick another entity and they get the next three months. Because what I needed back in my life that was most valuable was my time. And I did this years ago, years and years ago. And I used to go to every chicken dinner every function, every foundation, all the things, because I needed to support them because they needed my support. You know what I learned? Is they kept going when I was not there. They just found somebody else. When you move out of the way, you give the opportunity for somebody else to live their life and contribute the way they choose to contribute. That's a whole nother conversation. But the point is, is I put myself first. And I had to take back my time. I had to take back my energy so that I can do the things I needed to do for me. And it took building my confidence to make that happen. It took me understanding life from a different perspective that people can do what they need to do. And sometimes when you pull back, you actually get supported. You actually get what you need in life instead of always being there for somebody else. So those are the things that helped me build my confidence because I knew I needed my time back and I needed my life back because there were dreams that I had unfulfilled. There were dreams that I had deferred because I was being there for everybody else but myself. So I encourage you, put yourself at the top of your list. Figure out what triggers you, what makes you pop off, what makes you shy away from opportunities. Do that journey of self-discovery. Really take a hard look and examine your triggers. You don't know. Here's a trigger. Something that takes you out of yourself. It could be cussing somebody else out or could be avoiding something. A trigger doesn't always have to be represented in anger or conflict. The trigger can also be avoiding, you know, that 
I ain't calling them back. F them. That's also a sign of triggered. Anytime you're out of your joy, anytime somebody can take you out of your joy and you have some, you have feel some kind of way about it, examine that and then go back and see where it happened before. Because I guarantee you that particular trigger or that particular person or that particular situation, it's not the only place in your life that is happening. Look at where you do it with your kids. Look at where you do it with your family. And it's always a constant piece of time where you should have a self-examination. Because here's the deal. This is your life. This life that you're living is the life that you're living right now. We always talk about legacy. So we want to live for the future. You got to live in right now. You got to think about the future. But right now is what's going to determine your future. And I know that back then, my right now determined my future. (laughs) And when I realized I wasn't happy with the right now, I knew I wasn't going to be happy with my future. So I needed to shift some things in my life, my perspective. I had to build my confidence, that muscle. And it's still a work that I build on every single day. And then my courage, that when I don't feel confidence, I have the courage to leap past the fear and do it anyway. So ladies and the men who love us, thank you for joining us on the Black Women Amplified podcast. Please share this with your friends and understand that this podcast is here to support you and your growth and in your life. And it's also a place where we can come together and have the real conversations that Black women need to have. So keep asking the questions, keep listening, and I appreciate and love each and every one of you. And I thank you for your time and your support and go out there and be confident and live your best life. This is Monica Wisdom. Don't forget to sign up for our email list at, I have a new site for email list, which is www.monicawisdomhq.com backslash story. And that will sign you up for my email list and you'll get more news and information about what's going on with me. I love you all. Take care and have a groovy, groovy day. Thank you for listening to Black Women Amplified. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe and log on to blackwomenamplified.com for more information. Keep shining. Keep shining.